Welcome back to Here's the Deal. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today I am talking with my friend, Karen Turner, who is a leadership and operations consultant and the host of her own podcast, Leadership Untitled. I will be honest with you, and I am speaking to Karen today for my own selfish reasons, but I have to tell you, everyone will benefit from listening to this episode because like it or not, you are a leader, like it or not, you have more influence than you realize. And so understanding how to wield our power, our influence, and our leadership in a healthy way is extremely important. Whether you are leading a team at work, whether you are leading your family, or you're just trying to influence your child to eat vegetables. So Karen helps break down the difference between healthy leadership and toxic leadership. And she gives us all kinds of of tools to make sure that we are leading in a healthy way. Karen is just a breath of fresh air. I love how she differentiates between being kind and being nice. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Welcome back to Here's the Deal, everyone. I'm talking with my good friend, Karen Turner. Karen is a leadership and operations consultant, and I'm secretly talking to her for my own personal reasons, <laughs> but everyone is going to benefit from Karen and her expertise. So before we dive in, Karen, can you just give us a little highlight about you know who you are and what it is that you do, how you help people like me? Oh my goodness. Yes, I can. I so often don't need notes for most of what I talk about, except for this part where I'm talking about myself. Uh-huh. Like, wait a minute, where's my bio so I can read it? <laughs> um, so yes, after, you know, a couple of different iterations, I've worked in healthcare. I'm a registered dietitian. I love nutrition, plant-based living. I have also been in leadership and operations positions. And so I call myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And so right now in this moment, when we are speaking, my passion, my focus is working with founders, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and helping them with their leadership skills and also getting their operations in order to help them overcome and eliminate overwhelm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, you're talking right to me. Um, <laughs> that overwhelm is so real. And I realize it's real because oftentimes the processes aren't in place and that's an operations thing. And, you know, that might not be my strong suit. Yeah. And so I, there's just such a place for this coaching and expertise that you have. I initially reached out to you when you were talking about leadership. Again, I found myself in this role of leader. I'm no longer just a nutrition coach. I'm leading this team. I'm leading this company. And um, we should celebrate. Yes. Let's celebrate it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. It is pretty huge. And you look back and like, whoa, absolutely. How'd this happen? (laughs) It's incredible to see how you've grown, how your company has grown. So yes, I throw all the flowers at you you. in celebration. (laughs) When is everyone going to find out? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) that pesky imposter syndrome. Yes, but you're doing it. And so you know what you're working. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what initially got me like excited to talk about, to talk with you. You were talking about the power of healthy leadership. And I was like, 
well, what does that look like? How can I make sure that I am being a healthy leader? So can you start by talking about healthy leadership? Absolutely. I think one of the trickiest parts about that transition from, I've got this great idea to help people, women in your case, to be of service. And so I'm going to start this thing, whatever it looks like. And then people resonate with it. They're coming to you and you realize, oh, I need help. And so you just begin like reaching out and asking for help. And then before you know it, you've got people who are asking you questions. And, you know, as we've talked, you've got payroll, you've got systems in place. Well, what happens if this happens or if this client says something and you find yourself moving further and further away from the day-to-day tasks and like working with your clients directly and you find yourself guiding the people who you have hired. And so in that transition, I always encourage my clients or colleagues who I've worked with in the past, one, take a moment to acknowledge that it's happening, you know, because taking that deep breath, first of all, as opposed to pushing it back or trying to fight it. So many people try to fight it. Like, no, I want to stay connected to the client. I need to stay connected to the client. And that's incredible. But your client has actually now become the team members who you have hired. And when you are in a healthy position, when you are practicing healthy leadership and supporting your new clients who are your team members, then they are put in the best position to support your clients, the clients who you, who are paying your company to receive whatever service or product you're offering. So healthy leadership, one is acknowledging that you are a leader and then finding ways to, as we, as I have shared, finding, because there's so much responsibility that comes with that, um, so much, uh, so, so much in that transition that sometimes you can find yourself in that overwhelm without having an outlet. And so one, having an outlet to talk to someone about it for sure. And then being authentic. You don't have to have all of the answers you don't have to be the problem solver for everything. You don't have to have this. I don't know. Sometimes we think that there's this leadership persona that we put on, that there's this cape. And once we have this cape on, then we are impervious. We're perfect. We never make mistakes. So I encourage everyone in healthy leadership to show up authentically. Uh, I recently started a doctorate degree, which... (laughs) Listen, don't make life changes when you're going through a life change. Uh, it's been a it's been a 15 year goal, and I recently went through a life change. I was laid off from my job, and in that process, I was like, I'm going to go back to school. So, anyways, so glad that I've done it. It's a lot of work, but one of the concepts that I recently have learned or put a name to it is um, ontological humility. So basically it is the humility of saying that I don't know everything Mm. and approaching situations with curiosity. And I think that if we approach situations as learners, as being curious, it keeps us from developing the opposite of humility with it, which is arrogance. Once you tip into arrogance, that's when you have definitely dipped into, you're starting to dip into that toxic leadership where it's my way or the highway. I'm the only one who has the answers. I'm the only one who can make big decisions. I'm not going to empower my team members to do anything. Mm. So when you approach every situation 
understanding that it doesn't make you a weak leader. If I could share anything or if you take something away from anyone who's listening from what we're sharing today is that being curious and saying that you don't have the answers or saying, let's work on it together. It doesn't make you a weak leader. It actually makes you stronger and it increases the faith and trust in your team members that they can come to you. Cause if you are saying, let's do this together, then they don't feel like they have to try and figure something out. They're not trying to hide major things from you because you don't want to, you don't want to learn about an emergency (laughs) when it's become a fire and it's like a red alarm emergency when you could have caught it earlier, but they just, you weren't, you are not the type of leader that they can approach. So asking questions, asking your leader, asking your team members, your other leaders, what do you think? Because often they have the answer. They're just one, don't want to say it. Or two, perhaps you might be that leader who's transitioning from wanting to be toxic to from being toxic to wanting to be healthy. And so they need to know that it's safe, that you've created a safe environment for them to express themselves. Wonderful. So on the flip side of that, what are the toxic traits? Because the reason I want to talk about this as well is because you and I are talking to the same type of person. It might be in a different um, wheelhouse, but it's the same woman. Yeah. It is these women, women who are, I know we're trying to get away from the performance word, Yeah, but they are performing at high levels. Yes, absolutely. And I want them to make sure that they aren't making these mistakes or what they need to look out for in their work Mm -hmm. environment. So what is toxic leadership? Absolutely. And I, before I answer that question, I do just want to say what you said is so true in terms of we're addressing, we're talking to and helping the same woman. And oftentimes these toxic leadership traits are building up that unhealthy cortisol level and that stress, which is preventing you from Kylie being able to help you efficiently. So when you're addressing the conversations that you need to have the, um, the feelings that you are going through and how to navigate new things that are happening or transitions that's helping you to decrease your cortisol levels and helping what Kylie's doing, (laughs) make you more effective. So it absolutely is tied together. When we talk about stress, Mm -hmm. it's not just the stress. It's not just sleep, reducing sleep, eating well. It's also having the conversations and creating environments that are healthy as well. So toxic leadership traits, one of the biggest ones is not having those conversations. You know, you've got a team member, or I hope it's just one team member, but for many of us, depending on how big your team is, it's a lot of team. It could be more than one team member who, you know, is being destructive to the culture that you want to build. And so you are frustrated inside. You might be talking to other team members, hopefully not. That's a second toxic leadership trait, but uh, you might be talking to your colleagues about it. And that's a healthy way to figure out what to do, but you're not addressing the team member. You know what's happening. You know what's going on. It is affecting everyone. It's affecting you. It's affecting productivity and it's likely affecting the clients, the people who you're serving, and you're not having that necessary conversation. A lot of times that comes from, I don't know how to have it. I want to be nice, but in the end, (laughs) that's a whole other word that we (laughs) need to remove from our vocabulary. You can be kind, 
kind is different. Um, so I don't like to use the word nice, but that's what I hear from so many women who I work with, but it ends up being toxic, even if that's not your intention because of the consequences of not dealing with it, it's festering. Mm -hmm. And then people begin to doubt your leadership because the, the team members of the person who's destructive, is like, I know she can see what's happening. Why isn't she addressing it? And that's when you're a players. And I, I also hate to use that word, but that's when the people, your team members who are most engaged, let's say that who are most engaged and are ready and committed to help you move your business, your organization forward. That's when they begin to become less engaged. And when they choose to go either do something on their own or work for another company. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's not your intention, you're giving this person who's being so destructive to your, to your team, to your clients, a lot more power. And it's actually the opposite of nice. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just like, this is, it's so familiar. Yeah. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it is familiar and I have struggled with it as well. It's taken me a long, I am a recovering nice person yeah. and understanding that actually, and it's not even nice to the person who is being destructive. It's actually unkind to them because you probably will find yourself lashing out at them mm -hmm. for things that are unrelated to the underlying issue. So they're being, you're not acting like your usual self towards them. They're wondering what's happening because sometimes a lot of times people don't realize how their behavior is affecting. So it's, it's a conversation. So mm -hmm. having those crucial conversations in the moment, in real time, with, uh, with very clear examples, with very clear feedback and expectations and timelines. It's a whole, that's a whole other podcast in and of itself on effective feedback, but have not having conversations that, you know, need to have and letting them sit and linger. That's that turns into a toxic situation. Another one is, as I shared, talking about the work environment, even if it's not about a specific person, but having work environment conversations with another team member, someone who reports to you that sometimes will come across as being like your workplace bestie and you don't want to create that environment because mm -hmm. what other team members are seeing is that, oh, well, that person has a lot more clout yeah. than I do. And it starts to create, of course, that feeling of unfairness, Every decision that you make is questioned. Um, if that person, that person who you have, who you have developed that relationship with could be an incredible team member and be going above and beyond. And if that's the case, recognize them with a shift in title, with a promotion, recognize them officially. But if you don't, and you're just pulling them in, constantly talking to them. One, it allows them to feel like they have a position that's higher than everyone else, even though that's not the case from a title perspective. And that can create those feelings of clicks in the workplace. And you as a leader do not want to be the owner of a click. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very toxic. Not saying thank you to your team members. That's a very big one. And it's one that I will never understand because I've heard it from across my entire career. Well, they come into work and I pay them. So that should be it. And that is, wow. yes, I know it is unacceptable in my opinion, from a leadership perspective, because yes, you have an agreement 
but they could not show up. Yeah. They could not show up or they show up and not actually be doing the work that they're doing. But the fact is that they've made a commitment and yes, they're getting paid, but they've made a commitment to help you grow your organization. Yeah. That should be enough to say, thank you for choosing to be here because it's a contract, right? We don't own employees. (laughs) They are free. They have free will to go wherever they want to go. And they've chosen to spend the bulk of their week, the bulk of their 40 hours for so many of us, 40 hours plus of a week, choosing to use their skills, their intellectual property, their intellectual potential to help move your business forward. And truly, when you think about it from that perspective, we, we can't pay our team members enough for the experience, the skill, the new ideas that they develop. So a thank you is the least that we can do just to say, thank you. Thank you for being here. And then of course, as we did at the start, celebrating wins, you know, it it doesn't have to be huge milestones, but celebrate something, find ways to celebrate your team members. These are good. I've taken notes and I honestly can't believe maybe I'm doing better than I think I am because I can't imagine not thinking team members. Yeah. Like you said, my, my hope is, okay, you've hired these people. So you think they're the best at what they do. Yeah. And I, you don't want them to go away. I know we can't be fearful that they're going to leave us, but wow. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Celebrate that. (laughs) So you and I are both high performance coaches and clarity is a big topic for us, but I want to hear your perspective on the power of clarity. Yeah, it's, I know it probably sounds obvious. It's one of those things that falls into the obvious category, but Kylie, you'll know this because we are both high performance uh, coaches. Common sense is not often common practice. Um, That's what Brendan Bouchard says. And I, I have done it myself where you don't take time as you are thinking of doing new things, new ventures, whether it is outside of work, within work, making a shift in life, we just kind of jump in with what feels good. You know, I talked a little bit about that with school. (laughs) It felt good at the time. It was, it's a goal that I've had for the longest while. Would, if I had taken more time to develop that clarity around the decision, would I have changed my mind? Probably not. And that's one of the benefits of practicing for such a long time, working on clarity that it doesn't, it doesn't take as long as it used to. So it's just one of those decisions where I'm like, oh my goodness, there was so much more happening, but again, still incredibly happy uh, and learning a lot and knowing how I can use that in my business and to help other people. And so that's also what keeps me motivated. But taking that time to think about how do I want to show up in life? Mm -hmm. Who do I want to be? I mean, we are already in May of 2022. We are getting ready to touch into the six month mark. 2020, which seemed like the most, like not seem like it was the most incredible year and incredible from a not great perspective, Mm -hmm. but incredible as we never thought that this could happen where the entire world at the same time would be shut down. That's almost a distant memory as we're into the 
almost into the sixth month of 2022. That was more than two years ago now, right? And I struggled to remember some of the things that I was feeling. So time is moving so quickly. Mm -hmm. And without knowing it, you could be sliding through and at some point stop and say, oh, I wish I'd just taken time to think about like what I really wanted to do, Mm -hmm. who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up. Taking that time to develop clarity and think about how, who you are, how you want to show up doesn't have to mean like significant life changes. It doesn't mean that you need to change your career. It might mean that you want to spend more time painting. You know, I'm looking at one of my girls (laughs) paintings behind, behind the camera here, um, that you might want to pick up a new hobby that you might want to volunteer more that you might not realize that you have the space in your week in your life to do a little bit more, but things that bring you joy. Right. And so that's the power of clarity. It's helping you to say like, who do I want to be? And it doesn't have to happen every day, Mm -hmm. but I recommend at least quarterly you're thinking about how am I showing up? And is this the way that I want, is this the best version of myself? Mm -hmm. I agree with you in um, my monthly VIP community. We we set intentions each month for this very reason. And I don't say goals for, yeah. because we are working with the same women. So if I have a challenge or we have yes. goals, it's too much pressure. Yeah. I, my gals don't need more pressure. That's the last yeah. thing that they need, but they do need more clarity. Yes. Everything that you just said, because if you're not careful, like it's that quote by the guy that wrote oh, that movie with all the teenagers. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you don't stop, stop every now and then. Life is going to pass you by. So we have to be intentional and get clear on what we want to get out of life and who we want to be. Everything that you just said. I mean, looking back at 2020, it's it's a blur. The last two years, a total blur. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would never put the weight of, you know, trying to figure out who you are and everything else. But I know a lot of people did that in Mm -hmm. the past two and a half years, like, when the world slowed down, we had no choice but to slow down ourselves and very, and, you know, we can talk about the great resignation and mm-hmm. people deciding to make like shifts and starting their own businesses. Like that's one of the things is people, the number of applications to this, to say, like, I've started my small business increased significantly and, and continues to rise as people are saying like, yeah, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What is my best self and how can I work towards that? Well, and I think clarity also needs accountability. So I know with our gals, okay, they'll set their intention for the month, but if we don't have some sort of checks and balances to make sure, okay, are you doing those things? They're still going to stay stuck. So the intention is one thing, but then the action is another. So talk about the compassion of accountability for us. Yes. So... I, I don't know if it's an original concept. If it is, I'm going to trademark it. So whoever's listening, this is a great <laughs> will, concept that you've come up with, it. but be so many people think of compassion, um, think of accountability as punitive. And then they think of compassion as letting everything go, like being so lenient. And it's actually not. There is compassion. And if I go back even to what we were talking about in that situation where you need to deal with a team member and have a conversation about behaviors, um, 
not letting it go creates an environment that's uncomfortable, creates an environment that um, where people don't want to come. It's not safe anymore. And even the person whose behaviors have fallen outside of what is required, even that person deserves respect. And so when we talk about compassion of accountability, it's understanding that when I ask you like, hey, what's going on here? Um, Hey, these are the boundaries that I've created and you've overstepped those boundaries or you're outside of those boundaries, that the compassionate thing to do in those, in that situation is to have a conversation. And so to address it in a timely manner before it gets out of hand, before you are acting unlike yourself and your behaviors no longer align with your values and your, and your character, your integrity. So that's the compassion of accountability. It's addressing things and addressing situations, behaviors in a timely manner. In this situation, when we're talking about clients here, we are coaching that compassion is I, I want to help you not to be a pest, not to, not to bother you, not to pester you, but I see so much potential in the intentions that you have set. And I know how much those intentions mean to you because you took time to think about them. And so I'm going to show up as my most compassionate self and say, Hey, how are you doing going? How are you doing working towards the plans that you set into action. And it's okay for you to respond back to me when I'm working with clients, say, I haven't done anything and that's okay. Those are the environments, but I'm not going to let you just sit there and say that like, okay, let's move on to another topic. No, we're going to talk. I'm going to dive into it. And sometimes that makes clients unhappy Mm -hmm. because they don't want to address it. But I know that once you accomplish whatever it is that you have set, that feeling of empowerment is so strong. Mm-hmm. But if you don't meet that intention, if you don't follow through on the plans and the actions that you have set, it's actually that that feeling of being of letting yourself down mm-hmm. is even stronger than the feeling of you accomplishing it. It pulls you down further below the baseline where you were. Mm-hmm. And so I have to show up compassionately, but that doesn't mean that you get to just slide by. It means that I'm going to ask you, well, what's happening? Why are you not having, why are you not moving forward? What's going on? You know, I had that conversation with uh, a friend just yesterday and it's asking the uncomfortable questions and it's okay to say this may be an uncomfortable question. <laughs> Or I have noticed, especially for when you're talking about your women in VIP, you can notice, you see, you observe, your coaches observe when someone who's been super active suddenly isn't active. Uh-huh. It's just like, no, I'm going to chase you because I know this is what you want. And I want to do that for you. Of course, there's a limit. You know, we have to accept when people are not ready to change. And so we as coaches adjust ourselves to that still not letting you off the hook, but what other intention can we set until we can work our way to this one where you really want to be? It's that nuance of being a coach. It's it's very special. You know, as yes. you're talking about this, I have to give my husband a shout out because Yay. Pat is so great. He's an awesome leader. My husband is a, to me, he's a born leader, Yeah, but like he addresses things in the moment 
I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of women, not to generalize, we just think differently. It yeah. takes, sometimes it takes us time to process. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's like, no, we need to talk about this right now, Kylie. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but I also feel really fortunate to have him as an example. Cause I know he does the same thing at work. Like he'll yeah. walk into someone's office and say, we got to have this conversation. And I'm like, teach me your ways, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a muscle that you have to practice Mm -hmm. and it is, it's holding yourself accountable. And that's why I'm a coach, but that's why I also get coached. Like I believe in that personal development because I can't push myself outside of my comfort zones. I can maybe do it once or twice, but not consistently. So I need to know that I'm reporting into someone that I'm having conversations with someone who understands what my goals are. And they're like, yeah, no, you're sitting back a little bit. It's time to time to put the rocket fuel in. Absolutely. We all need that. Well, and that leads to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about is that stress that we have that comes from not having these conversations mm-hmm. for separating. For me, it's having the conversation in my head over and over <laughs> and over, but not actually addressing it with the person. Yes. Yep. So t- what's your perspective on that? Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to say either it's a colleague and, and I will say there's a place for that colleague who is a close friend. I had one colleague who knew everything, you know, we would go for 15, 20 minute walks and that would be where she was sharing what was going on in her day. I was sharing, we had highs, it was a lot of lows, but it was good to have someone else bring that outside perspective. So it could be a colleague. More often than not, that colleague relationship, you know, because we're not paying them (laughs) to listen to our issues, uh, we could reach, we reach a point where it's just, okay, I think we all feel it where we know that we've taken or we've brought this problem, this same problem one too many times to this person. And it's like, I'm going to stop talking or you recognize as you're talking that they no longer are responding anymore. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've all experienced it. So at that point, I really, the job of a leader is so big, right? It's leadership is mentoring. It is the, you know, it's the philosophical side. It's mentoring, it's teaching, it's guiding, it's empowering, but then it's also the stuff has to still get done. It's how do I keep my systems up and running? How do I ensure that the clients are getting what they like, that I'm providing oversight that's needed so that the clients are getting whatever service or product they're supposed to be getting. It's also the nuts and bolts. When you have those two things consistently colliding all the time, you need support outside of that colleague, outside of a good friend, even outside of perhaps your spouses. Because again, at some point, it just gets to a place where And so I often recommend coaching. Coaching to me is like you're the person who's going to help you create a plan of action. Sometimes on the, a lot of times on the philosophical side, a lot of times on the nuts and bolts side, they're going to help you. They're going to help you create a plan and help hold you compassionately accountable to that plan. But then there's also the therapist. And I know we talk about therapy a lot. And there's a reason why we continue to have this message because so many people still don't understand the power of therapy. 
where therapy differs from coaching in, from, in my definition, not a dictionary definition is your therapist will help you uncover the behaviors and patterns that perhaps you grew up with that have led to the space where you're having this continual conversation, but you can't actually find yourself saying it. Right. And so like, what, what help do you need to break those patterns, those mental patterns that a coach is outside of their scope to help you with a therapist can dive in deep and figure out what's happening and helping you. So it's my, my, my answer is my simple answer is talk about it. (laughs) Talk about with a colleague, but eventually if you can't get past it, if it's something that's reoccurring over and over again, you probably need the two prong support of a therapist and a coach working together with you to uncover those, again, those, those ingrained patterns, and then to help you create that plan of action to put in steps, because that's the wonderful thing about leadership is that you can create processes and systems to support you Mm -hmm. and help you create the boundaries that you need as a leader so that it's easier to have those conversations. Yeah. I, that's why I hope any leader listening like to me, I invest a lot in myself, but I feel I have to because everything you just talked about, that's a lot of responsibility. And like we were saying before the phone call as a leader, you have to show up on your A game yep. every day. I yep. mean, we'll have our days and I'll talk to my husband if I'm having a day and I'll talk to my son, but, and I'll show it on social media a little bit, yep. but I can't always do that. I mean, yes. Yeah. Somebody like that. <laughs> yes. We don't have the luxury of at the start, you know, I talked about showing up authentically. Mm. There is authenticity in your character and integrity. That's for me, what authentic leadership means, like who you are at home with your husband, with your child, with your mom, your dad, whoever you're all, we're all different people and act differently in different situations. So um, when we say, and I talked about this on my podcast, authentic leadership for me is the things that don't change. It's your character. It's your integrity. It's your values. And so if you show up consistently, then that's how you're showing up authentically but we don't have the luxury. You maybe can get one bad day because we're humans, but we can't show up consistently bringing down the energy because our influence is so significant, Mm -hmm. but we do have the way and you as a founder, Kylie, you know, and, and everyone else, entrepreneurs, founders who have team members, you're also thinking about, I need to be sure that the people who I've committed to get paid. And that's a heavy weight and a heavy burden that I don't think is talked about enough. And I know that fuels like, yes, it's the service you're providing, but that's what I said, your clients shift. Once you have team members, your thoughts are about them and how are you supporting them again so that they can better support the people who are paying for the service. Absolutely. Well, and that's got me thinking, you know, whether you lead a team or you lead a household we are all leaders and we all have influence over those people in our lives. Like we can have a high performance client who is a mom who works in the home. Like her job is raising the family and taking care of the house. Yeah. She's the, she's the COO, CEO of the house, often the dual role. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, that is a powerful position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're influencing your children and the household purchases and all of that. So I, anyone who's listening, I, you are a leader, <laughs> yeah. whether you yeah. want to be or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always say it, you're a leader, whether by title or by influence, you are a leader. And so many of us have so much more influence than we recognize. I agree. The last thing I want to ask you about is a quote that you shared on social media, because it's really important to me to be kind. I want to be a kind leader. Yeah. Um, I think most of my leadership stuff I've learned from the opposite of people that I've worked for. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is terrible. I mean, I'm, yeah, I have so many examples and that's, I was like, I don't want to do that because I feel terrible. And yeah. so I don't want to act in a way that someone else will feel the way I'm feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's my guiding light. Yeah. So you shared this quote that said, never underestimate the power of a kind woman. Kindness is a choice that comes from incredible strength. Yes. And can you just like riff on that? Talk about yes. it. <laughs> it goes back to, you know, I've made up my own definition for, you know, nice. Um, nice is someone who will kind of just go with the flow and not necessarily like, oh, you want this? That's cool. You're going to do this. That's cool. But having those feelings of resentment underneath, you know, like you never really know what they're thinking. Kindness is showing up and it is not being weak. It's it. When we think of kindness, we think of doormats. We think of, you know, I could walk all over you and that somehow as leaders, we can't like we need to put on this masculine. It's often a masculine energy. Yes. And we don't need to do that as females to be effective leaders. You can show up. And if that's, there are some women who have more masculine energy. And if that's you, great. That's not me. Mm-hmm. And I have tried putting that on. It's ugly. It doesn't work. So I have to be who I am. And that's me showing up with kindness. And kindness says that despite how you are treating me right now, I am going to choose to respond to you. And as they say, not call you out of your name, just like you just called me out of my name, but I'm going to respond from my influence and from a leadership perspective. And we're going to have a conversation because the way that you are treating me or the way that you are behaving or the situation that's going on, it requires a conversation, but it's not going to be a yelling match. I'm going to hold my influence. I'm going to hold my power as a leader and I'm going to speak to you and we're going to have a conversation about the things that need to change the the situation that needs to adjust or whether this is still the right fit for you. That is kindness. That is how you show up kind, but that is, that takes strength. It actually takes strength not to go at someone the way they're coming back at you. It's not weakness. It's strength. It's strength to say, there's a lot going on in my personal life. That's really not cool right now, but I'm still going to show up kind for the people who I am serving. It's servant leadership at the heart of it. It's showing up and saying, I'm here to help you be the best person in this role and still even caring a little bit about what's going on in their personal life as well. You know, if someone comes to you that you're just like, that has nothing to do with me, you know, we're not there to solve those issues that gets tricky, 
but you can still listen. And so kindness, responding out of kindness, leading with kindness is actually a strength because it is so easy to dip down Mm -hmm. and be rude with rudeness, you know, match rude for rude Mm -hmm. or to just not say anything at all. Do you think, um, are there any natural born leaders? Is this inherent in anyone or is this a skill set that needs to be learned through coaching and through experience? I think, I think that there are people who it comes, it might come naturally to it. I think it's from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there, they may not, how about this? They may not have to try as hard to capture these concepts and put them into action like your husband. Right. Yeah. But I do think that even with those people and, and people who perhaps it comes to a little bit harder, or they take more work that it is a skill that you continually have to build. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that you can't say, well, I've reached the pinnacle. Thank you very much. I am an excellent leader. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, because you will very quickly fall into that arrogance that, we're, that I was talking about earlier. So it is, it has to stay front of mind mm-hmm. that your job as a leader is not to, it's not a power trip. It can never, it can never be a power trip. Yeah. You have to come at as a, at, come at leadership and show up ready to serve. I don't understand people that want power. I don't get it. It's like, I remember when I was in school in my master's program, specifically, there's one professor's like, you know what, no matter what you're going to, you're all going to end up in leadership positions. I was like, no, thank you, ma'am. That's not what I'm here for. I just want to show up, clock in, do my work and leave. And my first job out of that program was a director position. (laughs) How did this happen? The universe had other plans for you, Karen. Right. But it's just, it's, it's like what you said. I don't understand the, the desire for this type of power. Like I could never be a politician because that just seems like, it just seems like so much work and leave the responsibility of being a leader Mm -hmm. when you're approaching it from that servant perspective, it can become very overwhelming when you consider the lives who you are impacting. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So I'm sure everyone got so much out of this. I want to share them, share with them your podcast. Where can they find you and listen to you? Yeah. So the podcast is Leadership Untitled with Karen Turner. And you can find me on Google, on Apple, on uh, Anchor. I go live every single Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn. That's the live podcast. And then it's distributed from there. So if you ever want to join in at the conversation, share comments. When I remember to read them, (laughs) sometimes I start talking and I can't. I can't look over into that corner, but if you want to join the conversation live, I would love to have you. That's great. That's how you, to me, that's how, you know, someone knows what they're talking about. Like if you'll just put yourself out there for 30 minutes and like, just go, you know what you're talking about, which clearly you do. This was awesome, Karen. Thank Thank you. I so appreciate it. I love chatting with you, Kylie. It's always an incredible conversation. Yes. Well, until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.
Thank you again for tuning in to Here's the Deal and making my dream of having a podcast a reality. If you would like to support the podcast even more beyond listening, please share this episode with a friend or a colleague. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple iTunes. That's a great way to make sure that I can keep delivering you guys these top quality guests. And then also in the show notes, you will see links to a couple other um, products that I'm affiliated with that I love and I just want to share them with you. So Glow Pro Tans, it's what's giving me my summer glow before summer. Outwork Nutrition Supplements, where if you use my link, you can save 10% on your first purchase. And I use the Outwork Pre-Workout and their Recovery Drink, which has um, just a small dose of creatine in it. And then of course my Beauty Counter business. And the link to that is beautycounter.com slash Kylie Larson. You guys have a wonderful day and until next time, bye-bye.